It's Survivor's Friendly Fire Show, episode 225, to finish off 2022. I'm one of your co-hosts, Steve Wright. Joining me is uh, co-host of the year, this year and every single year, Ben Ooh. Salter. How you doing? Uh, it's, it's, it's been a long year, Steve, and I've got to tell you what, it smells strange in this room because I've just remembered that I, I've got like a, a lat injury or something, so I put some deep heat on my shoulder last night, or my back, and I was wearing this hoodie. And so I put it back on today, and it, like that's what the smell is. It's like under 15s football change room smell coming right back when the old dudes who played before you like just had to get all that deep heat because they hadn't done anything in a week, and then they just go run around. Uh, that's what I'm at the moment. So I'm officially in old man injury territory. Let me tell you, Ben, if I don't smell deep heat, it's yeah. not a day of the week anymore. <laughs> so you have that to look forward to. It's just be prepared to be in pain. Maybe mm. I'm doing something wrong. I'm not sure. But it is what it is. Well, it just means you've reached the end of the year. It's December, which also means we've had the Game Awards recently, which we, as in Survivor, and you and I, as part of Survivor, were judges on again. Or judging outlets. That should be... That's the correct term. A member of the voting jury or something, which... Got, we get 90% yes. of the... of Well, we not us individually. We, as the voting jury... Uh, outlets around the world get 90% of the vote weight compared to the 10% that anyone could have thrown into the game awards. So it's, it's a, Hmm. it's a, it's a duty. We do not take lightly and we spent a good long while deliberating to, uh, to award, well, to help award, because that's what we did nominate. Um, I think I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, well, whatever. Elden Ring is game (laughs) of the year, uh, 2022. I think we can say who we voted for. It's it's done now. It's like it's not finished. I think it's, it's not, not yeah, finished. It's fine. Just to, to reiterate, so it's based on a whole outlet's vote, not one person. And you, it's like a five, four, one, like a reverse, you know, number system, like the Brownlow essentially. So you you award votes to the the top game, and then the next one in line, the next one. So it's you don't just pick one game. And ultimately, Elden Ring, Elden Ring was the winner. As we expected, in a very long show, they did come out and say it's going to be short this year, only two and a half hours, which it's still long. It needs to be a tight 90 at most. Yeah. It actually went for like three hours, partially three, because... Three and a half, 340 or something. Par- oh, I think half an hour of that is like the half an hour pre-show, which they didn't count, but they gave an, they gave an award in that. Like Nintendo they gave won multiple best... awards, didn't they? And then also <laughs> did half the, the game reveal. Well, not half the game reveals, because the whole thing was just the game reveals. They should call this the game reveals instead of the game awards. And awards, yeah. Yes. Well, so I suppose that's what E3 is. Anyhow, uh, and Summer Game Fest. They, yes. But they don't do our... awards during those, so that's why those, these are the game awards. Those are our notes. You need to get it lower than two and a half, and you pre-show where you give it away awards. That counts as a show. You don't get extra time because you've just said it's pre-show. Um, a big part of the delay was Christopher Judge, who won Best Actor, Best Voice Actor, whatever the award is, doing like a half an hour speech himself. Was it legit uh, a half an hour? It was like it was like eight or nine minutes. That's, Felt like a long time. That's, that's, that's a right. half an hour in game awards time. It's so, like uh, well, that was kind of the best part of the show. Like they opened the well, so they had like forty five minutes, and then they opened again with the real show after Nintendo had just won an award for something, and. 
uh, Al Pacino walks out. So they've got a big name. A bit odd to have old Al out there because he's he doesn't quite fit the the vibe. Is he um, in video cool. games? Does he have any connection to video games? I don't think so. Apart from the paycheck to do the game awards, I guess. I think he's was did, did they use his voice in the Scarface game that came out on like PS2? Maybe. Well, that's even if that's true, of. it's a little too old to try to make that connection. <laughs> it's. I think it's just we've got an actor to give out that. The award he was presenting made sense. Actor, best actor award. Um, but he, he came out with a gag initially, which was an accident, kind of saying, I can't actually read the teleprompter. Not like I'm struggling. Uh, and also, I don't really know about video games and I don't play them. But then there was clearly something scripted because he turned that into like, but I respect the medium, like some nonsense like that. Anyway, cool to have old Al out there. Then he awards it to Christopher Judge, who's like starstruck by Al Pacino. And then he starts thanking like everyone and his barber and his florist and his bus driver. Like he gets like real deep and long in the list. Then they start playing the get off the stage music, like maybe two minutes in, and he just keeps going. So they they just they stop the music and they let him go. Uh, but he didn't have a good time. Now, I, Jeff would have been annoyed by this. He's on his height ship. And he's got a long speech. Well, at least but, no one walked up on stage with Christopher Judge and then added to the speech at the end because that was yeah that was embarrassing snafu to to finish off the awards so Um, some weird things happened in the show but otherwise i think it was it was one of the more i didn't actually watch the whole thing i was otherwise occupied it's always during the day in australia so i was tuning in and out with how long it is kind of like test cricket you can kind of just watch bits and pieces and get the gist of it throughout the day i was flying to bali so i missed the entire thing uh, yeah, well, actually, I, my flight to Bali was technically shorter than the award show, but, you know, factoring in all the transit and stuff. Was... Hmm. I think it was definitely one of their stronger ones. I think they need to still tighten it up, but they uh, had a better balance of announcements and better pacing with kind of awards coming back and less sponsors, but still still quite a bit of that. But it was more, a fewer bigger sponsors makes more sense than half sponsors, half game reviews as it has been previously. Uh, so, yeah, overall pretty good. Um the biggest games, they, they it wasn't that much. I think Armored Core 6 is probably the biggest because it's from Software, who now kind of owns the game awards, having won again this year. They've won now two of the last three, four, whenever Sekiro yeah, came Sekiro out. Sekiro won 2019, I think. 20, yeah, 2019. So very popular. Uh, I think ballsy of them to go with Armored Core 6 instead of just rebooting because I think loads of people will now play that, having never played the previous game just because it's from Software. And they're just like, whatever, we don't care. Um but yeah, that's probably the biggest. Nintendo showed some trailers of stuff, but not, no new announcements, I don't think. Except for that Bayonetta spin-off, whatever that is. It's um, the longest title in the history of the world. Bayonetta Origins. There's like 10 more words. That's not true, but it's long. Hmm. There was that. Death Stranding 2, going to be your favorite game of all time. It popped up. Um, well, now that I'll be able to review it in a post-launch uh, format, hmm. surely by this point. It might be more enjoyable because I did. I do give some props to Death Stranding, with all that social Ooh. stuff being like, with all the social stuff being worked in, and you actually are playing with other people, not just like trying to crunch a review in a week before the game comes out. Like, there's more to it that's like more enjoyable. But yeah, like this is produced, written, directed by, rewritten by Hideo Kojima because the pandemic like interfered with plans, and he's rewritten stuff around it. Like, it's just going to. There's going to be a lot around it that you're just probably going to shake your head at. But uh. That's a that's a, that's a sequel. So it's is Hades sequel. two, which is a sequel that I'm actually like super jazzed about uh, by Super Giant. <laughs> hmm. 
Yeah, um, that looked good. Uh, any other big hits you saw announced? Uh, Judas, which is the next one from Ken Levine. Um, very Bioshocky vibes, which is fitting because he's the creator of Bioshock. So um, there's that one. Uh, Scars Above, I don't think it was announced at the Game Awards, but it showed at the it's Game showed. Awards, and it's kind of like mm. a cool sci-fi thing that has piqued my interest. There's another one that I can't remember. It'll come to me eventually. Maybe I'll go have a quick look while you're talking. Trying to Not a fact-based show. Uh, the, they're the hits. The big miss was Xbox had a lot of people there, and they showed absolutely nothing. They which showed is... a Game Pass sizzle trailer, Ben. They showed something, but it was mm, probably the wrong count. thing to show. I <laughs> I don't get... Why didn't they just show Starfield or something? Like, showing nothing is ridiculous. Or Redfall. Or, or as they've like... done the last two years, they should have shown Hellblade. Like, Hellblade is the Game Awards. In my mind, it's so connected. Well, and they they announced or they showed the with that weird trailer the series X there, right? A few years ago, like yep. so they've got a history with Game Awards. For some reason, they they made a strategic decision not to do anything this year. Uh, as we mentioned last week, there are some people kind of saying it's because of the FTC thing. They wanted to look smaller than they are. I don't buy that at all. They wouldn't care that Xbox is showing off some games they're making. The FTC know Xbox are making games. Uh, that's not why it's. It's for some other reason. It's either because they didn't have anything ready to show or it's because they are a little scared because previously when they've announced things such as Starfield, uh, then it's been pushed out and they don't want to show stuff which again might get delayed or Hellblade, I'm sure, was meant to have been released by now or certainly closer than it has been uh, having shown it so long ago. Maybe they don't want to just keep showing CGI trailers and not actually getting anywhere. Uh, maybe they're saving it for the kind of they responded because of the backlash and said it won't be long until you see some of our stuff for 2023. But why would they save it for their own like little show or something on YouTube that no one's really going to watch? Like this is when you've got a big audience. This is oh, when yeah. that's you, what you get on people. It, sorry. Yeah, well, this is when you get people who don't have an Xbox already. Like that's this is the moment to kind of show that. This was shown at IMAX theaters. This was like millions upon millions of views, like co-streamed on Twitch by millions upon millions of streamer like it's yeah like this is this is the oscars of video games it's yeah even more so that al pacino's in it now i guess but yeah like this is if there was a time and a place it was this and you know like sony jumped in and did that they they kicked off uh the horizon dlc there was there's like that ghostbusters vr game which is gonna i think be on playstation as well there's like a whole bunch of stuff that they kind of were spruiking death stranding 2 mm. obviously so Something's yeah. going on, but it was. This is probably one of the bigger misses of. And Xbox has had quite a few misses, having no games at all in 2022. But this is to then kind of be like they're kind of like we're going to save it in 2023, and then show nothing at the, the December Game Awards. It's it's just an odd play. There must be a reason behind it, but it's it's a strange one. It certainly is, but it is what it is. There's, like that's my go-to thing when I have nothing else to say. It is what it is, Ben. Uh, do we want to talk about our Game of the Year awards program? Let's, yeah, let's talk about the real Game of the Years. Uh, <laughs> you, you and I are personal Game of the Years and Survivor's Game of the Year awards. Done. Which, uh, well, we're still announcing some for Survivor, so it's really up to you as Editor-in-Chief. Do you want to give our dear listeners a special sneak peek into what this Survivor Game of the Year award is? Because I know for a fact that it's the same game as our personal picks. What? Yeah, yeah, we can we can definitely do that. Um, and I've already kind of let the cat out of the bag. I think it's safe to say if we uh, nominated and then voted for Elden Ring as Game of the Year, uh, it's probably going to be our 
our website game of the year, which lo and behold it was. Um, and I think that's like it's like what we were saying weeks ago. I think like you can pretty much take God of War Ragnarok and Elden Ring and like split it down the middle and just award half the awards to the, to one game and half the awards to the other. Um, best action game, God of War. Best RPG, Elden Ring. Best hmm. audio, like it's just it's pretty much fifty fifty, and I think that's how we've really done it as a group. Um, just with personal preferences and the like. Uh, it obviously won, it being God of War Ragnarok, won our PS5 uh, game of the year. Elden Ring wasn't eligible for like a platform-specific one because it was multi-platform. Um, but that's probably the hardest set of decisions we've had to make this year, the, the platform-specific awards, because there's not a lot of options. It's, in it's some a blurry line. Uh, so, well, for one, Xbox didn't really release anything, so Pentiment, the only option, and so it won. Um, a lot of people kind of do bring up that Xbox games are on PC, and it's, but they're still Xbox console exclusives, and that's how they're still both Microsoft platforms in the same way that often a Nintendo exclusive was on their handheld and their console. That was like a thing for a while, too. Uh, and so now that Sony is doing its games on PC, I think we still count them as PlayStation exclusives. Like... PC is kind of its own, like it can be on a console and a PC and it's it's still considered an exclusive. But then we get to PC, what's a PC exclusive? There's there's not that much. There's Do not we... much. Like we gave it to Vampire Survivors because for the most part of this year, Vampire Survivors was a PC only game. It's out now yeah. on Xbox, but like that, we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel with some of these. Like I didn't want to give it to just a PC only very specific game because... Like I don't even know. Is Total War Warhammer Three a PC specific game? I think it is. Like that got onto Could the be. nominations list, but it didn't. It didn't win because it's no, too much. Maybe we need to re re kind of frame it as primarily on that platform. Like something like Elden Ring is day one clearly split Xbox PlayStation. Like that's a multi platform game. But something like Vampire Survivors is, is is probably a PC game that later gets a console version. Looking back now, I would have said Return to Monkey Island should have been PC Game of the Year. It also launched on Switch, but like it was clearly mainly a PC game, and then the console versions after that came a bit later. So like maybe that's how you look at it now that less games are more everywhere, and that's kind of what Xbox is trying to do. PlayStation don't say that, but it's what they're trying to do. Like they're they're releasing everything on PC now. So the the concept of a platform exclusive game of the year has to change a little bit. Agreed. I think so. Um, but it's also just like a list of really good games. Like I, I feel like yeah, at the end of the games. awards programs, you should just look at the list and be like, whatever you can get this on, whatever your preference is, these are things that you should play, including like Kirby and the Forgotten Land on Switch, which is the winner. Uh, Cult of the Lamb, Best Indie. Hmm. A lot of it went to Ragnarok or Elden Ring this year, to be perfectly honest. And that's because they were probably two really standout games of this year in... A year full of some decent games, but nothing like horribly groundbreaking or like earth shattering. I think this is probably the clearest and most predictable game of the year winner. Like Ragnarok's great, uh, but Elden Ring is a step above. It's kind of like Elden Ring, God of War, then kind of the rest below them. And factoring in recency bias so quite often the the game of the year winners came out in september october november like it's the recently played games i yeah. can't remember too many that came out in like february march that win maybe like breath of the wild that was five years ago generally that doesn't happen so 
Elden Ring clearly a step above. It's it's probably my game in the last few years, to be perfectly honest, in that it was just it's something that I was so against and just I've never enjoyed a from software game. They've somehow managed to capture what people who like those games still love about it, put it in an open world, and then add just enough accessibility that it's enjoyable for me. And it totally changed my opinion on it. And that's very rare that's happened. So if I was going to review it now, I would give it a 10. If I was going to review it when it came out after like 10 hours, I probably would have given it like a five. Like it took time to change my opinion, but like it's it's a very rare game. My bl- And like it, it's accessible, and it, but it's not easy. And not easy. I'm still like super proud of my Bloodborne review where I think I gave it a seven. And it was kind of like what you were just saying. I'm like, I hate this game. I'm so bad at it. I can't get past the first half an hour. I think it's garbage, but I appreciate what people like about it. I'm not going to give it a a five because, like, I get it. I understand how Souls games or Souls likes work at this point, but, like, it's just not for me. Make sure you can make that difference, that differentiation in your mind, and buy accordingly. And I've gone back to Bloodborne. I've gone back to Dark Souls, numerous Dark Souls. And, like, Bloodborne I got half the way through. And I I didn't quit because I was frustrated. I just kind of ran out of time and other things happened. But, like, I have a Mm. newfound appreciation for Bloodborne and a a newfound set of skills from Elden Ring that I can transition backward. And, like, Ragnarok's good, but I'm not going to go back and start playing, like, the old PS2, PS3 era, no, like God of War games. Like it's yeah, it's like it's not the same. It's 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 a really good package. It's super polished, but it's not like permeating other facets and interests in my life like Elden Ring has. Like Elden Ring's has kind of like sparked this weird thing in my brain. And I've gone, I've played Sekiro, I've played Dark Souls one, two, three. I've played Bloodborne and like really enjoyed them and and have a, a newfound appreciation for them. Yeah, it's a rare, very rare when a game, one game, can get you into a whole new genre that before you'd tried and just hadn't been able to gel with, and it's it's totally changed your opinion. And it's it's not just us. A, a few people I've spoken to have had the same opinion. People who play games way less than us, but they've just been playing Elden Ring all year, and that's it. One who said the other day, you know, like, I've been trying to play on my Xbox One. Um, and just like, so I've, I've given up because it runs so poorly. I'm like, mate, you've got to get a Series X. And it's like almost considering doing it Spending seven fifty just to play one game, uh, I don't think I quite convinced him. But like, it's there. There are people who are. I think we said last episode, treat yourself. Even though there aren't a lot of games which are exclusive to the current gen, and pretty much all the games we just rattled off then are cross gen, they all run so much better on the current platform. So now that they're in supply, I would be getting a, a Series X or a PS Five to play these games. Yeah, and if it's it, like in that particular person's case, if they're worried about price and they have all these Xbox One games. On a mm. hard drive, you could also think about getting a Series S for a couple hundred cheaper. You can use that hard drive and play your Xbox One games without having to worry about storage, really. They obviously will work faster on the SSD, but, you know, it's kind of like that interim step. I don't think we're going to get, like, a, a, a current Gen 0.5 release in this console generation, I think we got like not the, for a while. If the, you I think we got the half step last time because of like 4K TVs and HDR and the like. Where I mm. don't know if we're gonna have that same kind of thing with this generation. So I'm less inclined to think we're gonna have some sort Certainly of like wouldn't wait. half step. Yeah, yeah, just do it. I do think Xbox should add a new feature to smart delivery where like it works great, but the problem is like with the upgrade to uh, the current gen version of Witcher 3, it makes it a current gen game, it moves it over automatically to your SSD storage. Uh, and then if you want to move it back, it gives you the warning of like, oh, you're not gonna be able to play this game anymore because it's too slow. Uh, 
that's a problem. I, I'm happy for them to keep their shared achievements and keep the shared progress, but give me an option where you can hamburger it and say, download the Xbox One version to my Series X. I want to play that because someone who's just got a Series S to upgrade and play a couple of games have got almost no storage space. They're probably happy to play the last-gen version to save on storage. Uh, like PlayStation lets you do that. That's probably a downfall of smart delivery on Xbox. Yeah. Well, and, and in the case of Elden Ring, I think I think it's probably fixed by now. But like the PS4 version on PS5 was like infinitely better, just in terms of performance. Yeah. So like it was worth playing the older one on the new console just for like, I guess that kind of back compat Xbox whatever they I forget what it's called smart boost game boost or whatever like that yeah. kind of take advantage of the new hardware but on the soft or the older software to just get it like oomphier. get it perfect because you're actually playing the ps4 pro version so you're still getting it at like 1440p and you're getting it at like a lock 60 which the ps5 version trying to get to 4k wasn't able to do uh then the, the downside there is you're stuck on the ps4 version i don't know if it had like a save transfer whereas if xbox would let you pick which version smart delivery would move your save across between both versions so it could actually at the moment, I think Xbox is actually a little behind on that, that it doesn't let you pick which version. But then because of their, their cross-play and their cross-save between version, if they did let you pick, it would then jump ahead again. So uh, if you're listening, Xbox, make that change. They should just give you two separate achievement lists and you don't have to worry about playing the game But twice. then, then you, you just, wouldn't you have you the, get the, the shared ones. save. You wouldn't have the shared save. Uh, they can a... make it work. It'll happen. Yeah, just yeah. So, Anyway, that's my stupid achievement wishes uh anything else you want to talk about with our game of the year or game of the year in general i don't think so it's the a super clear game of the year if you haven't played Elden ring uh certainly play it if you played a couple hours and you fell off try again yeah and took me a while to get into it get some guides look at the meta the meta is probably very different from what i used to be there are ways to like not do well they're called cheeses and they're called cheeses for there are less cheeses now yeah i only use one cheese but it's yeah it's an option if, if you're stuck like there are kind of ways and you can just get someone to help you and it's fun like and the weird thing about the dark souls Sekiro, blood souls like what am i trying to say the souls like community is that they're not generally jerks so especially yeah, now like if you. You, if you try to bring someone in they're not just gonna you know they might be someone well-intentioned and they just get like one hit by the boss and you're like well that was useless but there are on the whole, just more, like, generally helpful people. I remember I was pretty close to the end, and I was just having trouble with one of the bosses because he had this weird area of attack thing, and I wasn't timing it right. And, like, this guy, I just kept matching up with him. And, like, the second or third time, I'm like, oh, dude, I'm wasting your time. Like, I'm really sorry. I'm, like, I'm not getting this. Maybe I'll just quit out and, like, try solo for a bit to get better at, like, the, the mechanics. He's like, no, 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 I've, I've, I'm watching you. You got to do this, 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 this. And then, like, I failed two or three more times. But I'm like, and I'm like, I'm just going to quit. And he's like, no, let's just do it again. Invite me back. Invite me back. And he was just the nicest dude. Like, very helpful. It's, like, the opposite of every single interaction I've ever had on the internet, especially, like, on Xbox Amazing. Live. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. I'm not saying everybody you're going to encounter is going to be like that. But, like, the community is just generally helpful. They want you to succeed. They want to see people succeed. It's quite lovely. Yeah, great game, definitely worth playing. Uh, if you haven't got a game for your holiday break, that would be an excellent one to pick because you you do need to pick, you do need to kind of play it over a condensed period. I think it would be tough to play like an hour here or there. You kind of lose what you're doing, where you're meant to go, how you meant to play. Good one to play when you have a few days or a couple of weeks off if you're lucky enough. Uh, which brings me to, do you, Steve, always save yourself a game for the holidays? Because I feel like 
I feel like you do. I feel like you're a holiday break man. I think I've alluded to that quite a bit. It used to be like whatever Assassin's Creed was at the time. So I would play through most of the story, but then I would like do like my big mop up, getting all the mm. feathers or, or whatnot. Um, I haven't had one. Well, I've had ones in mind for this year, like Callisto Protocol, but like I just want to get through that and be done. I don't want to like savor it or like, you know, put it's a whole bunch of time. It's not long enough anyway. Well, that yeah. too. So like, I don't have one for this Christmas break, sadly, which is like, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself and my time. Um, so if you have any suggestions, I'll, I'll gladly take them. Hmm. Um, I think that's just kind of like the state of the pandemic and how things have kind of turned out the last couple of years. But I, like, generally I do. How about you? Do you have one in mind? Uh, mostly as I do have one, whether or not I always finish them is the next matter, although we'll get to that in a sec. Uh, this year, well, this year is a very obvious one for me, actually. I need to go back to it. It's Cyberpunk because I, I think I said many episodes ago, I'm going to, I'm finally playing it. I'm going to try to finish it before the big games come out this year. And I did not finish it. I got maybe 20 hours in. So like I'm well in, I need to go back to it. No doubt I've totally forgotten what I'm doing and where Keanu Reeves is at and what's going on. Um, but I will, I think it's even been patched since I last played it. So there's probably some new ray tracing or something going on. Going to try to play that. Going to try to finish that. That's number one. I think that was uh, my also game still playing last Pokemon. Year, just coincidentally. Uh, so, th- so that's how far behind I am. I'm now playing, um, I'm playing a game from years ago. And they're also releasing a Game of the Year edition, I believe. Which, Game of which year, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, are you thinking Witcher, maybe? Witcher. Yes, yeah. Witcher. Which I might go back and start playing The Witcher Three from scratch, just because there's. I know there's at least it one achievement good. where like you had it was with that tree one. The, the tree was like part of the demo at one e three ages ago, and you make like one or the other decision, and you get two achievements, but like one. And I never, I never That's realized that it was too late, and I didn't save. So I might not just to get that achievement, but like it's been so long, and I tried to it's just jump back in, and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I might just try again from scratch with that current gen update. Well, if you haven't played Witcher at all, that would be a good one to play if you've got some time off, because that's another one you need to kind of commit to and just play through. Otherwise, you will lose your place. Uh, Pokemon, I'm still playing, so I'll probably play that as well at the same time. Otherwise, there's like everything that's still in my backlog is kind of too far in, but there is the biggie of uh, which I keep telling you I'm going to play, which is Dark Souls 1 Remastered. I'm going to try it and try to actually commit to it for a while, or maybe I'll just skip against your advice straight to Sekiro because I feel like that's more my jam because the guy looks like my guy in Elden Ring um you Might never be know. A jam but it's a completely well it's not a completely different beast but it's a very different beast um I think the transition back to I'll Dark, Dark Souls, Souls is first. probably easier hmm. but that's just me um and even the 360 version is really really good so they're they're priced Accordingly. I've got them already. Think, got them okay. already. Bandai Namco knows that people are jumping back in, and they're they're not discounting those games accordingly. So be prepared if I you're thinking the, about um, doing it for paying abnormally high prices for what my tip they are would would be. Uh, I got the trilogy disc on Amazon. It was like fifty bucks or something, sixty bucks, and so you get all three. Uh, so taking everyone's advice, I'm going to skip Dark Souls two. I'll play maybe two and three, maybe well, one and three. Uh, could even do three, then one. That'd be too crazy. I do one first. I'll go to one. One and three. Otherwise, um, I have nothing to suggest for you. You would have played. Did you finish Ragnarok? I'll probably go one. and finish Ragnarok. It's probably a good, good choice. That's a good one. Uh, Stray was pretty short. Already played that. Yeah, the, there's. It's because there wasn't any like massive platform exclusive. There's no Assassin's Creed. Like Ubisoft had a weirdly quiet year. Like when was the last time they didn't have a like a big game out in October, November? Yeah. 
It's, I, yeah. Which is annoying, because, like, Matt just keeps hounding me about the Phoenix uh, Immortals Rising sequel. I'm like, it doesn't exist. At least not officially yet. And he's like, I think that was, maybe that was last year or the year before. That was a game. Oh, yeah, I, I played that one year too. If, yeah. you're a, if you're a Zelda fan and you want Ubisoft take on Breath of the Wild, that's essentially what they had a crack at. Uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising, that's a good game. That's pretty cheap too. It might even be on PlayStation Plus, potentially, in that in uh, Ubisoft Plus Extras catalog. Possibly. We should have had a look at what's in those catalogs that would be a great game to play, but that would be planning ahead that we didn't do. Uh, do you often actually finish the game that you set yourself for your holiday game? Yes, that I, that do, I do. Because I have... Um, I'm in the lovely position where I don't get uh, state holidays over christmas and public i have holidays. to take them yeah state public holidays over christmas or sorry over the year and i get those days extra over christmas so i have like ah. a relatively long christmas break and the news cycle in video games is generally dead so there's not a lot of like survivor work to do so i just have a lot of free time and it's generally it's like minus 15 here right now it's so cold then um but it's generally really hot outside, and I don't do heat, so it's just like I'm gonna stay in the house. I'm gonna turn on the air conditioning. Chill inside. I play video games for enjoyment and fun instead of work. Um, so I kind of I love I savor this time. But yeah, there's I'm kind of light on games to be honest. So hmm. eh. Well, that's generally fine. a first world problem. One hundred percent a first world problem. Yeah, if anyone can say they're light on games, that means you played way too many games because there's an insane amount. So we haven't had a lot of new releases, but we're, like there's a the backlog is crazy considering the the backwards compatibility of this generation. There's so much to play, so much in Game Pass, so much in PlayStation Plus Extra. Nothing in PlayStation Plus Deluxe because they seem to have forgotten that even exists. Uh, but the the extra catalog's good. Oh, it would so, have been yeah, good to play Resident play. Evil Two on my PS Five, but like the. The old school PlayStation version of Resident you Evil could, 2. You, do you know I bought the Resident Evil 2 remake on PS5 because it was like 13 bucks, and I thought, I've already played this game, but I liked it enough that I might play it again on a different platform. Do it. It's, it's a good... I won't, but it's... No. it's. I don't have time. Look at, look at my backlogs. Outrageous. There are probably even other games here that I've forgotten that I was like, yes, I should play that. Play Sonic Frontiers. It's really good. Oh, yeah. I another one it. I'm going to play. Yeah. See? I don't know how you, don't know if you find the time. Uh, but I, was, we're, we're, I was in Indonesia. I had nothing to do, and I had a very uncomfortable tummy, so about? I stayed at the hotel from oh, okay. like six to ten and just played Sonic Frontiers. And it was that's so, fair. It was gl- gloriously mindless. You just like you get to a, a new island, you set a course to all the little challenges, you finish them up, you open up the map, then you go and do the little like two D versions of the the course, and then you go and fight the boss, and it's just like gloriously dumb in all the best ways possible a, a tad frustrating at times because the design still can't quite get like the 2d to 3d transitions quite right but generally mm. good i'm keen to play it i am a guilty pleasure sonic 3d type of person so i'll play it definitely it's it's crashing in price so i'll get it re- relatively soon i was gonna say outrageous that you're in indonesia and playing sonic which is insane there's so many fun touristy things to do but you've you then saved it with the fact that you are well so i enough. did tourist when i could tourist i promise i did i i got to see a lot of indonesia i'm sure you did uh and for now that pretty much brings us to the end of our episode our game of the year episode it's it's nearly christmas we're hosting christmas at our house somehow i don't know how this happened it's been a whole debacle that means i'm extremely busy and have no time to play cyberpunk because i need to like sort out everything i don't think we have enough chairs enough plates uh the garden's a mess 
need to finish putting up my outdoor blind so everyone's not blinded unless it's raining and then I don't know what I'm going to do. So, debacle. Well, uh, we're just going to Portsea and bringing Sounds stuff good. for a, someone else's planning the event. So, I'm sorry, but you'll have so, fun. It'll be so good when, yeah. you, when you pull all this off, Ben, and you're just like basking in, in the glow of your hospitality towards your That's family. Better sit down with a uh, just drink a whole bottle of red by myself because I don't have to drive anywhere so that's rare for me on Christmas <laughs> that's that's the plus well it's something to look forward to that I guess um, yeah you know how to get uh, in touch with us you know how to find us. find us find us on Survivor uh, find us in the past what are we at 224 episodes this is the 225th yeah well, yeah but find us in the if you listen to this one so listen to the previous oh, yeah. the fir- see the first like 40 odd i don't know what happened to them i think some of them are there some of them aren't i think they're there or maybe they're not i don't know it's fine uh you know start at the start of this year if you're going to go back don't go be- you know beyond that i can't really remember what we're talking about so the start of this year was when things got current current gen that's generally what current means but yeah for our podcast you know you know what i mean it was, it was a different time pre pre using discord pre whatever i think we we're still on zencaster back then so or zoom yeah oh god let's not talk about the pandemic uh the, the quality definitely went up this year uh thanks for listening that's what i'm trying to say thanks for listening uh listeners it's been a fantastic year you've been a great host steve i've been an okay co-host and uh, thanks to, to our guests who have been on all year. Who did we have? We had Ethan a few weeks ago. We had uh, Eleni on at least one episode. We had Shane uh, from... Uh, where's Shane from? From Cure Cancer. Cure Field Cancer. Magic. He's not affiliated it. directly with them, but he, that's the thing that you should support because it's great. Um, that's it. We had Costa for the E3 episode. God, yeah. Uh, or was that last year? No, it was this year. I can't remember. Hamish probably has been on. Matt was on talking about Ghostwire. I remember that. Um, yeah. Thank you to should, all of our guests. We should have thought this through more, but whatever. Thanks for everyone who listens or takes part. Because um, we wouldn't do it if it wasn't for you. That's right. And we'll see you, listeners, in January. <laughs>